You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We're going to hear from Ian Begley right now. You can see him all over SNY. He does a phenomenal job covering the Knicks. Ian, how you doing? Anita, what's happening? Happy holidays to you and your family, my friend. To you too, my friend. Are you, uh, are you starting with the eggnog yet, or is it too early? How does that work? <laughs> Oh my gosh! I love me some eggnog with a little, little, little yeah. hint of cognac in it. Oh boy! There don't you go. don't tease me! Virgin. Don't tease me with a good time on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, what happened to those? What happened to those Starbucks eggnog lattes? Those went away. I was pretty disappointed. I used to love. Ooh. I used to love those. I don't know where those went, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about this Knicks team. Unfortunately, they lose to the Raptors yeah. last night, twelve and fourteen with the NBA's. Fifth easiest schedule, Ian, what, what, what gives? I mean, I just spent the first 30 minutes of the show talking about all the reasons why I think the Knicks are struggling. Um, you have your yeah. finger on the pulse of this team better than most. Uh, list them for us. What's going wrong here? Yeah, well, I think it starts on the defensive side because this team won 41 games last year on the strength of its defense and its bench play and you know not turning the ball over. They're, they're doing a decent job not turning the ball over in a big picture sense, but the defense is, is not there. And that's, that's a killer. And then you look at what they did the off season, they brought in Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. And the hope was for them that Fournier and Walker, you know, could create more easy opportunities on the offensive end. And then whatever you lost on defense would be offset by the increase in offense. And, and so far that hasn't worked out that way, the way they thought it would. So I think those are the two, you know, uh, top line issues, but there's so many other things here that are, that I think are hurting them. You know, I think part of it is the health of the center position because last year on defense, it seemed like they were able to gamble on the perimeter. Um, and then they had Mitchell Robinson, Maryland's Noel, Taj Gibson to be at the rim and protect the rim and clean up those mistakes. And this year, Maryland's Noel hasn't been healthy. Mitchell Robinson, He's looking better. He hasn't gotten all the way back to his uh, top conditioning yet. So that's hurt the defense. And so I think there's just a myriad of issues. It's a bit messy right now. Uh, we'll have to see if this team is resilient and can hang together through this rocky start and make something of this season. Um, you know, I, I've, I've received a, quite a bit of calls in regard to Julius Randle, right? I, I, feel like, I feel like the finger is being pointed more at him than anyone else. Um, you know, nobody expected him to come in here and, and be a Steph Curry or a LeBron James. No, we know that. He's not an alpha. He's not a number one on a roster. But I just, I personally feel that the moves that the front office made and the offense that they brought into this season doesn't fit his skill set. Uh, so a two-part question here, Ian. A, do you agree yeah. with me? And B, you know, are, are you going to take a page out of, you know, an organization when as soon as you know, you, as soon as you know, here's the, I have respect for organizations who are like, they try something, it doesn't work, they know it immediately. All right, you know what? We're not going to cut off our nose despite our face. We're going we're, we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna rectify this right away. You know, because we right. don't, we, oh, we don't want to admit we were wrong. No, no, no. Hell with that. We were wrong. We were wrong. Now we need to pivot. No pun intended in basketball. We need to pivot. What's plan B? What, what, what are your I thoughts on all that? that? Yeah. yeah, I guess I'll start with the second question first. You know, I think the Knicks, to their credit, because I'm sure it was not an easy decision for Tom Thibodeau to remove Kimball Walker from the rotation. 
And but I think that's an example of them seeing something as an issue and acting on it after 20 games rather than, you know, holding on to the hope that it's going to work out over time. Now, the results have not translated there because with Kimball Walker out of the lineup, I think they've won what one game, maybe two games. I apologize for not having that off the top of my head, but it hasn't been good. So that hasn't been like a magic uh, elixir to fix everything. Um, but also, you know, with Randall, I think that, you know, last year the ball was going through him so often, so regularly, and he was either just by his mere presence or by what he was doing with the ball, creating good looks for himself and his teammates throughout the season. And it's been different this year because, uh, you know, Ken Walker, Evan Fournier, they – I don't, Fournier didn't have a ball in his hands a lot, but Walker, to be effective, you know, he's he's using uh, high screens to get going. And so I think it was, for whatever reason, it didn't didn't mix well, he and uh, Julius Randle. So, you know, you look at last year's team, and everybody, it seemed like so many Knicks fans wanted to send Alfred Payton out, uh, out of town on a flight from JFK. But I actually think, like, if you have Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock on this current roster this team's record is better than it is right now which is you know not something that you would have thought coming into the season again ian begley joining us here on 98.7 esp and you can see him all over sny uh as he covers the knicks um so uh, you know moving forward you know I, I was watching preparing for the show today i watched video with stephen a smith and you know how passionate he is about his uh. knicks Right, and, Poor guys and he was, have a heart attack if they keep losing. I know, and so he was just talking about mediocrity, right? And yeah. you know, last last year I felt like the underlining, even though like, yay, they went to the playoffs, yay, they hosted the first round of the playoffs. Unfortunately, they lost to Atlanta, but nonetheless, like the Knicks are getting back into that kind of realm of maybe a landing place for a few free agents, and we know some big names are going to become available ne- the next two summers, right? So, you know, one thing that Stephen A. did point on is you know, they, they live in this world of mediocrity, like nobody's going to want to come here. Are, are we, have we taken, do you feel that the Knicks have taken a step back? And, and I know this is a small sample size, right? Season, it's a long season. Mm-hmm. But do you feel this, mm-hmm. the, the Knicks have taken a, a, a step back in regard to, you know, being a um, sort of uh, attractive like landing place, attractive landing place yeah. for free agents? Yeah, you know, I think that question, we can answer it better in, you know, early April when we know what this team has done, what it's accomplished or hasn't accomplished. And if they've taken a big step backwards, then the answer to me is, is certainly they have hurt themselves as far as being seen as a, as a standing for uh, where a place where free agents want to go or disgruntled stars want to be traded to. Because I think the key there, and you saw this with the Brooklyn Nets going into the summer of 2019, the key there is showing that you have the infrastructure in place, a young core in place that's trending in the right direction, that's, that's winning, helping you win games, and then a free agent or a player who wants to be traded sees himself as somebody who could help take that team to the next level. I think if you're a free agent or you're a player who's looking to get traded and then the Knicks are going in the wrong direction and then you see – that you're going to have to come in and be the savior for this group and, and, and pull a bunny out of a hat to make this group into a contender, that's not an appealing thing. So, yeah, I think we'll, we'll know more about that by the end of the year, but it, it's certainly, you know, something that's at play here, and it's it's something that would really hurt the Knicks if they were to, you know, 
hurt their standing as a potential destination for stars because ultimately that's what Leon Rose and his group uh, are going to go after and, and try to acquire as a star player. Um, Ian, before I let you go, I'm, I'm about to talk about the game, the game tonight. Obviously, Steph Curry in Philadelphia going up against the 76ers trying to, uh, you know, uh, launch 10 three-pointers that do go in and break um, the all-time three-point record in the NBA held by Ray Allen. Now, it's yeah. 10. It's 10. I'm curious. Yeah. Over under, do you think Steph Curry has it in him tonight? Four times this season, he has games where he has made nine. He hasn't – his most in a single game were 11 back in May. So, over under, do you think that Steph Curry gets it done tonight in Philadelphia? Listen, the, the basketball fan in me selfishly says Curry hits six, seven, and then my buddy Mark Stein – who's yep. at Substack, reported that the Warriors might sit Steph Curry the game before the Knicks game coming up on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I hope that's how it plays out. I would, you know, just a basketball fan of me would love to see Steph Curry break that record at the Garden, the same building where he kind of had his coming out party, so to speak, when he had 53 against the Knicks, uh, I think it was in 2012-2013. The Warriors actually lost the game, but he lit the arena up. And it was just a remarkable performance. So I just think it would be fun for the game. And just, again, selfishly, I'm going to be there. I would love to see him break it in person. Uh, So that's what I'm going to go with, Anita. I love it. I love it. Um, Ian, always great. If you can, please let our listeners know. I know you've got, right, you've got a podcast. You've got a a show. Like, how can they find you on SNY? Yeah, some fun stuff. So, you know, we have a, a weekly digital show. It's called The Putback, where we talk Knicks, Nets, and, and things around the NBA. We try to peel the curtain back a little bit on, on what's going on uh, here in New York and the NBA. And then we have coming up uh, a digital mailbag while we'll be answering questions uh, that, that people send over video. So that'll be fun, too. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, on Twitter, I am at Ian Begley. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.